Hey guys, DJ here. This is a disclaimer. Applied Materials is a 100% non-profit, fan-made project set within the Orpheus Protocol game system. The Orpheus Protocol is an actual play podcast and tabletop role-playing game system created by Rob Stith and published by Varkalak Press. If you'd like to know more, please check out the main podcast at www.orpheusprotocol.com and patreon.com slash orpheusprotocol if you'd like to show more support for the main podcast. Thank you for your time, and please enjoy the following episode. Welcome to Applied Materials, an Orpheus Protocol actual play podcast. My name is DJ and I will be your host for tonight. On the cast list for our journey into the unknown, Aurora is Adrian Newman, Chanel as Jesse Lale, Darby as Lucy Mercury, Jonah as Chihiro Omoi, Rich as Toby Bork, Six as Garrett Hardy. Tonight's episode, Where Titans Collide, Part 3. Where Titans Collide contains violence, gore, convenience, and a unification of kindred spirits. Consider this your warning. The Bloodhounds regain consciousness on board the train and find that their old enemy Kane has latched onto the back. Without time to deal with him and with the train pulling into Myrny Station, Chihiro puts him under mesmeric charm as Jesse and Adrian disembark only to find that their way stands barred by an implacable foe. I would like everybody to roll initiative. I, I believe I'm still on Jesse's back. I'm not putting her down. And uh, keeping keeping Kane pacified and uh, unconscious-ish. For my initiative, I rolled an eight. Six. Okay, I've got an eight. I'm a little upset about it because I really, really want to take more body parts. Uh, that's 11 for me. Uh, eight. Seven. So right now, all six of you are on the train platform. There is a train on your left. Uh, this is assuming everyone's facing the enemies. So all of you are facing like the unknown soldier and Kane. The train is on your left. Uh, the unknown soldier is on the platform in front of you. And all six of you should be in the same space. Wait, wasn't uh, Kane still on the train? Yes, Kane is stuck on the train. Which is why we were like, don't get on the train, guys. Don't get on the train. We're sending it away to, like, Hawaii. Like, pretty much where everyone started. I think, if I'm not too terribly mistaken, I think Jesse and Adrian are up front, actually. And then Garrett, Lucy, and Toby. The three of you are at the train control center, just outside of it. So behind Jesse and Adrian. Chihiro, your astral form is still pacifying Kane. You are floating within the train itself, hands out, keeping this real big man on his knees. I think Jesse said that I should just keep him there until the train leaves. Um, and I don't know what's going on outside of the train. It sounds bad, but I'm just going to keep try to keep Kane here so that it doesn't get worse. Okay, roll me that mesmerism. I'm going to spend a strain to ignore negatives, put in three temp strain, and that will get me to a nine. Would you like to spend a strain to break oh, the time? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That costs you two initiative initially. Yep, and then I'm going to spend, I'm going to spend five to take away ten. Okay, so he's knocked out of initiative order, and you are down to four. 
Uh, I'm actually going to cause myself debilitating days because I'm at three sympathetic field now to double that. He loses 20. Okay, well, he's still completely out of initiative order despite the fact that he's at negative 20 initiative. That tags into the next one, though. Yep. So you keep your mental hold on Kane. You can see that he's fighting it. He's just glaring at you, but he is just unable to move his Knees and his feet seem to be anchored to the floor by the sheer amounts of emotional and psychic force that you're overloading his brain with. And by the way, that's that's going to knock me out of initiative for this round as well, down to zero. With the debilitating day as I rolled a two on the 1d3, so I lose four initiative. It's It's basically taking everything I have to keep him knocked out, but I'm just focusing my all on it. Jesse, Lucy, Adrian, it's your turn. He just put the arm I just took off back on. I am taking the arm again, and it stays off. Actually, no. I'm taking the head off. So, uh, Crazy Werewolf is gonna just do a whole full-on attack. Uh, this is full savagery. And since we're starting up again, peace was never the option. We'll be added to this role. Alright, so that's... My melee is a four. I add... Plus six, so that's ten. And then I added my motivation, so that's a plus two. So that's a twelve without adding anything to it. Oh, jeez. Jesse, you have seven degrees of success as the unknown soldier attempts to parry you and fails. Yeah, he swings or I guess tries to grab Jesse, and with her back paws, she pushes down his arms and reaches her head in sideways and just starts yanking upward with all her might. So I have seven degrees of success, and I start with a four, four. That's not the biggest thing in the world. Uh, But you got seven degrees of success, so that turns into 11 slash four. What's your toughness? My toughness is two. So you add two D3 to that. And do you have any abilities that add D3s of damage? Yeah, I have rank three. So, yeah, yeah. I get two of those. So, I need to add another... Okay, so we're at 11-4. And then I add my toughness. Um, That's not much, but that's... um... Another D3 also from your rank three. Oh, okay. So, that's a two. 18-4 so far. I think that's all I can do. All right, so he's down to that. And I'm going to pay humanity... And he's going to attack you back. I haven't touched any of my psychometry-based stuff, but I do have it at B. So let me see what I can do with that once we get into more shit. I have my attack roll. You should be rolling to defend or dodge or something. Yes. Okay. uh, I'm going to... This is just me doing a regular roll to defend, right? Yep. We always have to drop it by half, but I have a 665 on the roll. As a plus three to my parry. Also, I'm going to take out some of my initiative because I'm going to use psychometry, mastery B, because that gives me a plus two to defense uh, during the whole rest of the scene. So I just automatically get a plus two to trying to defend myself because I'm holding on to him currently. Yeah, using psychometry, mastery B also costs you two initiative. So that drops you down to four. And it co- it costs two initiative to parry. Although if you successfully parry, they also lose two initiative. So 
Well, we're about to see if I can success successfully parry. So I have four on the basic, then I add three. Uh, oh, I can spend strain. I already used my plus three, so uh, let me roll again. And since I'm going to be down so far in initiative, I am also going to use Adrenaline is the Spice of Life. And, well, that wasn't as nice as my previous rolls. Uh, I only get plus one, but I do get, split that in half down, so two, so that's three, plus three, okay. So you got a ten, I think, for your parry? Yep. And you, you add your melee attack bonus from Savagery to this, because it's, it's Oh, right, melee I attack. still forgot that. So, um, wait, oh, it's plus one, it's plus one, so that's eleven. Okay. So you handily parry the incoming attack. The unknown soldier is disarmed at the moment. He takes the brunt of the bite to his neck. And as you're doing so, he attempts to just axe handle you from above with both hands clasped together. But you are nimble enough to dart your head out of the way. And then as his hands are coming down, you catch them and toss them to one side to fend off that melee attack. So because you successfully parried, he loses two initiative. The entire time Jessie is doing this, she is growling and just shaking her head still, trying to rip anything she can apart. Because her toy didn't stay down. Yep, but unfortunately, you're down to two initiative. Lucy, Adrian, what do you do? Actually, I, I have the perfect action response to that. DJ, can I just walk over and pick up his weapon before he can pick it back up? Sure. So that would be a minor action. You're going to just stay in the same area, but you're going to dart over and pick up something. So that'll be a minor action. It's going to take one initiative. And I'd like you to roll a horror check, please. God damn it. <laughs> I'm going to die. This is it. This is the end. I don't have anything to stop this. Oh, heck yeah, I rolled a plus two. Let's go. That's a four right now. I have a stability of three, so I'm in combat, so I can't re-roll it, actually. You, you can re-roll, you just can't take die replacements. I'm going to re-roll. <laughs> just to see if I get plus three. I don't. That's actually a minus three. So plus two so far brings me to a four. I'm going to spend three spiritual, uh, spiritual strain to bring that up to a seven, because I feel like this is a big one. Well, you're taking six. You passed. Do I have any force of will? No. I spend three spiritual strain. That's all the strain I got. To bring it down to three damage, I'm two over my track. So I would like you to roll me an up check, followed by breakdown. That's unfortunate because I rolled a one. Uh, in fact, no, I wasn't counting the wound penalties. I, I remember that roll. I just got a negative one total, and I have a willpower of two. So, So, Adrian... You go and pick up this war club. It is wrapped in barbed wire, big, long, huge, heavy stick, essentially. The handle is wrapped with, like, rubber straps for grip. And as you pick it up, you are innately and instantly overwhelmed by a titanic, cataclysmic amount of imagery in your mind of great horrible violence done to everyone everywhere all at once movie reference <laughs> and the shock just sends you 
catatonic. It's probably one of the most powerful artifacts you've ever held in your hands, and you are not ready to handle such power, and it knocks you unconscious. Unfortunately, Adrian is now out of the running. I'm so sorry, Aurora. Every time. All right, guys, good luck. Uh... Well, Lucy? Okay. Um, Lucy is going to... Still horribly injured from the barbed wire from last time. Lucy's going to flick a hand and casually tear open a hole in reality to slap this motherfucker with Baleful Starlight in terms of the actual roll. That is a terrible roll that she will be using a re-roll on. Okay, uh, she's going to put three temp strain into this as well because it is a ranged attack with Knowledge Eldritch to get a 10 rank to Baleful Starlight. Ay-yay-yay-yay, I rolled a minus three. <laughs> so that's five degrees of success. Excellent, so that's 13 out focus damage. So I just have to roll days. I hate my dice, that was a minus three again. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. So he's cripplingly dazed, he loses his clarity bonus to initiative, and all of his skills until the next round. Okay, so he's losing two initiative, because his clarity bonus is a one, but and, I'll, and I also rolled a one on the 1d3, so that drops him down to three on the initiative cell. So Lucy, you're down to six. Toby, it's your turn. So we were behind uh, the other cell, uh, but we're, we're in the same area or we considered one area away. You're in the same area, yes. Toby, you just watched this werewolf gal lope up to the unknown soldier and sort of bite into his neck. The kind of tall, lanky individual went over to grab the unknown soldier's weapon and then promptly passed the fuck out. Seeing that, Toby's going to get in on the action, as it were, and I am going to just go in, uh, go in for an attack. But I am also going to uh, invoke my bond of I chose this pack. I will protect them on the uh, on the attack roll. So my roll was uh, a seven with my uh, invoking the bond. I have a plus one um, on melee attacks from partial transformation savagery. I'm going to spend uh, my three temporary attack strain because I have unarmed at an S. So that brings me to a ten. So that is seven degrees of success you get. It is 10 degrees of success with uh, field experience. So your claws are at a four slash four. 10 degrees of success gets you 14 slash four. I am going to spend uh, a point of primal instinct as well to add uh, an additional D3 of damage. So it's a 17 four. Hot dog. God damn, dude. Actually, I also get an additional 1d3 of melee damage from partial transformation. Just another one. So 18-4. Okay, yeah, you do that. He's still standing, oddly enough, as you just rush forward and trying to avoid Jesse as much as you can, you stab your claws into him again. But this time, it feels different. It feels like... Whatever is going on with the unknown soldier, he has just grown so much more resistant to damage as he has this look of rage. You can't quite tell, but you know that by the lenses affixed on first Jesse and then you, he is pissed. Lucy, Garrett, it's your turn. Oh boy. Would you like to go first or should I? Why don't you go first? I'm still thinking of what I want to do. Sure. 
I'm basically playing a warlock when it comes to combat at this point, besides the bomb I can set off. I'm going to tear open the sky again casually to light this fucker up again. This time I have slightly less strain to throw around, but it's fine. Uh, I got a four, but... Oh, one of the effects of Baleful Starlight is also that he gets a negative to range attacks until the end of the round. So he's at a minus two. Oh, wait, that's on taking focus damage. I don't know if he actually took the damage or if he bought it all down. I rolled a four this time. I'm putting in an extra strain to make it up five, though. Okay, well, I can't do jack shit because, I, because it doesn't have any skills, but that is still two degrees of success. So that's 10-0 focus damage. I think I have to... I have to roll a d3 to see if I have to do anything about the enigma that I have accidentally stocked up on. Ah, shit. I might have some slight temporary insanity going on, because I forgot to spend my enigma. Uh, I'm going to roll my 3df for... I got a flat. Okay, great. Perfect. Just to keep myself sane, um, I'm going to spend two enigma to lower his days roll, even though he it won't affect him either way. I need to get the enigma out of me. Garrett, you're up. All right. He is still standing. He is contending with a werewolf. Well, not a werewolf. Two werewolves. Well, now it's going to be three werewolves. You know what? Say goodbye to your knees. Strike two worlds to the knees. So first off, yeah, that uh, pain of five humanity on the uh, strike two worlds overload. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I don't have that overload. I was looking at the wrong one. Sorry. Never mind. But I am still going to pay the humanity with the uh, savagery. Plus one on the roll, and I will spend three temp strain to boost that. And remember, the axe is plus eight, eight. No, he's he's not having kneecaps anymore. Okay, I'd say plus four to the eight, eight. So that's so eight. So with an eight, you get five degrees of success on your axe attack. And what rank is your strike to worlds at? Uh, Strike to Worlds is two. Oh boy, I can't use toughness. Not like I can use anything else. So you're dealing 13 slash 8. Garrett, you charge in and duck underneath both Jesse and Toby. And you swing for the legs. And you end up just cleaving into the side of the unknown soldier's left knee. Your axe blade is keenly sharp and it just goes through like a hot knife through butter and even embeds into the side of his other knee. He doesn't look too good. He's screaming, wobbling, and it looks like he's about to once again fall to the floor. Toby, it's your turn. Okay, so the one thing that Toby has not seen tried is to try to take his head clean off. He's seen the unknown soldier lose a limb. He's seen him be gored through the midsection, uh, take an axe to the knee, have explosives set off the whole nine yards. But, you know, taking something's head off usually works. So I, um, I would like to... First, I would like to court death. Okay, you get a momentum, Mori. I would like to make a called shot to the cleanest spot uh, to try to decapitate him. I already ripped out part of his neck, so you might want to go for the bloody hole. The bloody hole it is. I'm going to uh, to immediately spend that memento mori on this. So after the plus two in lieu of rolling, plus the one strain I can spend on this, 
uh, sorry, the two strain I can spend on this minus two for the called shot that comes to a five. That is three degrees of success. Six degrees of success. God damn it. Yes, six degrees of success because of your field experience. So you are doing 10 slash 4. You take advantage of it being destabilized. You don't see Garrett as he goes in underneath you and cleaves one and some of its legs off. So you're still with claws just embedded in its chest. And as Jessie lets go with her mouth, you take the opportunity and swipe upwards, cleaving its head from the rest of its body. Jesse, Toby, and Garrett, the three of you sort of stumble over one another backwards as your attacks connect and the unknown soldier topples to the ground like a felled tree, blood gushing from the stumps of where its legs used to be. Combat is now over. Jesse, you notice that, well, Adrian's unconscious. Uh, shit. Uh, shit. Uh, and you hear this in kind of a growled sound from a very dark bird. Basically, it looks like a melaninated, I know I'm saying it wrong, but like all black werewolf. And she goes over to a very small being and like tries to poke with the back of a claw and then tries to gently pick up and get them away from the thing that knocked them out. Am I still holding the cudgel? You are not, because I just tried to wrangle you away from it. Okay. You know, I tried that once. It was a bad idea. Anybody got anything for healing? Because I, I, I don't do that. I'm a bunch of ways to fuck someone up. I'm not one single way to put someone back together. Uh, is the train leaving, DJ? Speaking of people who... I've been taken apart. I'm going to go find the crystal. Firstly, I would like to point out, Garrett and Toby, that both of you still have a panacea on you. Oh, yeah. Mine's spiritual wounds. Not even thinking about it, Garrett just tosses it to her. Here you go. With her athleticism, I think she grabs it. However, she does do so with the pads of her hand and is still trying to, like, not break it. And she just kind of gingerly opens it with these giant paws because she does not feel comfortable completely dropping out of transformation here yet. And then, would it be better to just pour it on the wound since it's already in his stomach or down his throat? Speaking of, though, real quick, did a full round pass? That, that was pretty much a full round, yeah. My photography, my fucking blood activates and I heal a D3 of physical wounds. Uh, so you see it actually gets better. It's obviously not the physical aspect. Like you see his wounds actively healing from the blood in him. Jesse, I have mental healing. I, I will help when the train leaves. Just, just you hold on for right now. You don't. You just stay in my backpack. Don't let that one go because we just got down one, and I do not want round two of this right now. And uh, yeah, this is this is through the mental link. Oh, I know. Everyone else is just hearing me talk to <laughs> air. <laughs> Uh, so I I hope this panacea works on head stuff, because here we go. And I put it down uh, Adrian's throat. Adrian, as Jesse feeds you this panacea in your unconscious state, I'd like you to heal 1d3 plus 1 physical wounds. And also, because it's actually a rank 3, 
you also regain 1d3 strain of all types. Actually, no, make that 1d3 plus 2, because it's also Mastery B. Then that's 4 total, hell yeah. I have like half of my, of my strain back, basically, and almost all of my mental. Let's go. Do I like roll a death check or something with the sanity damage over? No, it's not bad enough for that. Chihiro, as you're busy conversing with Jesse and also trying to maintain your focus on Kane, as you are floating in this train, you hear the polite ding of the PA system in the train announcing that the doors are closing. Thank goodness. And not a moment later, the doors hiss and slide shut. Uh, yeah, I, I, I put like a little bit more time in towards the end and just one, once the train is out of sight, just I go back into my body and uh, I look around and what the fuck happened here? What were you guys doing? Garrett, Lucy and Toby, you see the little Japanese woman strapped to this jet black werewolf's back suddenly start awake. Hello. Uh, well, good morning. Have a nice nap? Uh, sh- sure. Uh, I was keeping the big guy on the train quiet. Another big guy? Yes. Bigger than that guy. Or uh, maybe not in terms of size, but uh, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, speaking of that big guy, we should probably leave. He's going to get back up. Uh, wait, what? Yeah, this was pipe number three. Or four. Have you guys tried completely destroying his body? It gets back together. Uh, is that his weapon? Yep. Don't touch it. Is it magic? Uh, when Adrian touched it, it fucked him up real bad. Have you tried destroying that? Do you have a way to do that? Do I? Do any of you guys have magic weapons? The giant wolf holds up a giant axe. Magic weapon versus magic weapon? See if you can break it. It's worth a shot. Alright, let's, uh... Hold on your butts. Uh, do you want to get off my back before I go yeah. into... Yeah. Uh, and I unstrap Shihiro and basically get in position. If that mother moves, I am ready. Like, if he twitches, I'm ripping something off. And just shaking until it stops moving. Okay, Garrett. Then I'd like for you to make me an attack roll against the War Club. And you can use whatever you want on it. All right. Um, I am going to take a plus two in lieu of rolling, where I have I am really good at melee, and then I will add another two strain onto it. So that's eight again. All right. With an eight, you find the war club where it's fallen on the ground, and you essentially line up your axe in its center. And you rear back and just bring your axe down like you're trying to split a log for firewood. And the moment that your axe cleaves into the war club's shaft, it splits cleanly in two. And there is a chorus of just strange energy. I would like everybody except for Adrian, who is unconscious, to make me a horror check. Oh boy. All right. Horrible time for this roll. I'm going to take a plus two and put the three times strain in to get a ten. That's an eight. Plus two in lieu of rolling. 
and uh, I haven't used Discipline, so I have an extra attempt strain available to make that an 8. I rolled very badly. Sanity is not a very good for me, so it's a 4. Spending uh, 2 spiritual strain, I got a 7. All of you pass, standing to lose 6 preventable sanity damage, as there is a whirlwind of energy and power that erupts from the broken club when you break it in half, Garrett. There are just a chorus of screams, shouting. You hear gunfire, explosions, flames, all the way down to weapons on weapon, weapons against armor, steel on steel. It's as if by breaking this weapon, you've let free an accumulated sum of violence that has gone on for maybe centuries, maybe millennia, you don't know. But it felt like a nexus of violent energy. Uh, quick question. Yo. Does this count as a uh, horror check caused by the unnatural? Yes. So hypothetically, somebody with rank 5 knowledge eldritch takes one damage. Yes. Hey. Oh. All right, I can take that out. So I only have to take two to bring that down to not really fucking bothering me anymore. So who doesn't have knowledge eldritch and is taking the full six? I have two ranks in knowledge eldritch. I'm only taking oh, four. Bitch. Nice. So, I. <laughs> so that means none of you are making breakdown checks. Chihiro looks around. That could have been a bad thing to do, but on the bright side, I mean, I, I think that all of that stuff being charged into a single object is probably worse than it being released. Because, I mean, it's not like... It, war already exists, right? Like, there's already tons of violence all over the place. It's not like this is going to suddenly make a peaceful world violent. Whatever it is, it's future Orpheus prom. We're future Orpheus. No, we're current, present Orpheus. That's that's tomorrow's problem. Today's problem is leaving. Uh, who here has like a, a backpack and is not squeamish? You are my backpack, so I can't be involved. Looking up at Garrett, Toby, and Lucy. Somebody's got to carry a Russian. Speaking of said Russian, as you say this, Garrett, you are approaching Kristoff as he lies in a broken, bloody heap on the floor, correct? Yep. He is barely conscious, and you can see that his legs are, well, missing. And he looks up at you, and you can hear him say, That was good fight. I can't feel my legs. Yeah, they're not there right now. Oh, is it dead? Did we win? It's down, and we're pretty sure the spooky ghosts that were keeping it alive are gone. Good enough. Is train functional? It looks up. Is the train actually leaving, or...? We don't want that one, but the next one that comes through, we can take. We're taking the next train. As you say this, all of you hear the sound of a bunch of electric motors starting up as the train then floats up above the tracks and starts to pull out of the station. And as that happens, there is a loud crash as Kane starts to wake up and search the train car for a sign of his aggressors. <laughs> Elbows a moment. 
As long as he Hilarious. doesn't realize we're off the fucker, it, this is great. <laughs> Everyone's just waving. Wasn't that our ride out of here? We don't need that one. We'll take the next one. Well, there's, there's, there's more. Uh, it's better that he's off in Hawaii, and you know he's Orpheus Hawaii's problem. Chihiro is going to pick up the head of the unknown soldier and toss it to Toby. Uh, if you can hold on to that, that would be great. Just in case he does start to reform, I'm pretty sure he needs that in order to come after us. So. Uh, just hold on to that so he can't do it, just in case. And if it just starts to rot away, uh, eat it, I guess. It's a good day. Yeah, that. Uh, I'm gonna try and see if I can fix Adrian, uh, Adrian's noggin. And Chihiro's gonna put her hands on Adrian's head and close her eyes. If you need me, don't. It, it, uh, it takes an hour to take effect, but... It'll heal you for uh, for sanity, for focus. Okay, so I'm going to say that happens in the interim, yeah? The lot of you see Chihiro get down on a knee and tap Adrian on the forehead. Her eyes close, and then, well, the process of psychic healing starts. It's long, and it'll take a while. Toby, you have the head of the unknown soldier. It is... Now that you're this close, you can see that this is an old Russian helmet and gas mask circa World War I. You can't quite see into the lenses of the gas mask, though, where the eyes are. It's too tinted black, too foggy. And also, it's, well, oozing blood. Toby does not want to, uh, to spend any more time than he has to looking at or thinking about the unknown soldier. So, uh, if... If there's room in a backpack, he'll stuff the head in it. Um, if not, he'll fashion something, a sack of some sort. It's easy enough for you to just stuff it into your backpack. Doesn't change the fact that it's real weird, though. You've got a head in a backpack. And that's when all of you that are currently present and aware, you feel your phones ringing in your pockets, all of you simultaneously. Huh? Group call. Somebody answer it. I'm not right now. I'm on it. And Lucille tap the speakerphone button. Hello, Mercury, the dog walkers, and what's your squad name? Uh, we're the Bloodhounds, also called Wine Mom and her crazy pets. Lucy, as you pull your phone out of your pocket, you see that instead of a recognizable number on the screen, it is all red, and there is a yellow triangle in the center with a big black exclamation mark in the center of that triangle. Looks like a caution sign of some sort. Oh, shit. And when you press the speaker button, you hear a rather familiar Texan voice come through on speaker. This is Senior Handler Tennessee, broadcasting across all open and encrypted channels. Pantheon Down is in effect. I say again, Pantheon Down is in effect. Follow the protocol. This message will repeat until there's no one left to hear it. And that sends a chill down all of your spines as when you were first inducted into this secretive organization known as Orpheus, you were informed of one protocol above all else that was only to be used in the case of an extreme emergency. Pantheon Down signifies the fall of Orpheus. What? Oh, shit. What happened? We were poning. Oh, no. I'm sure, I'm sure somebody just pressed the wrong button. Um, and uh, they, they accidentally sent out Pantheon down. No, he butt-dialed us. 
that that's that's not a foot dial. That's a. I'm asleep right now, so I'm not actually saying this. I can't go back to unemployment. Okay. Uh... At this point, Lucy, your phone rings. Lucy will pick it up and put it on speaker again. Hello, Mercury with the dog walkers and the bloodhound speaking. Lucy, Mert, it's good to hear you. Good to hear you too. Uh, what the fuck's going on? I don't know. I just got to call myself. Um, I'm in Paris right now with uh, Cold Heart. We are safe. We are secure. How is it look on your end? Uh, we're mostly safe. We are um, gathered in a abandoned research facility slash subway tunnel. There's one of us who's down but in recovery, I assume. Another of us who is unable to walk but will be fine. We have some threats nearby, but... No major problems at the moment. All right, good. Uh, I need to get this. I need to get all of you out of there. Um, are you able to get topside? Not quickly. Uh, actually, can we get topside quickly? Looks over at uh. <laughs> Not this way. I mean, I can get us on a train. All we have to do is get me to where this sucker, like the controls are. I know how to route the fuck out of it now. Wait, uh, who's that? Oh, hi, I'm Jesse. Um, I'm part of the Bloodhounds. Bloodhounds, all right, Tennessee's team. Uh, well, it's good that the lot of you are all in one place. If you can get in that train to that station, please do so. Where do you want us to send it to? Because I can get it going wherever you want. I need you to send it to Nevada in the United States, to a town called Empire. Okay. How fucked is everything topside? Do you know? Well, to put it simply, the city above you is on fire. Zombies rage through the streets and the Russian military are inbound to perform cleaning operations. Oh shit, we gotta get out of here. Oh fuck. If there's anything that scares me, it's the Russian military. Let's go! That's probably not, uh, that's probably not our fault, right? Not our fault, exactly. But technically, we were working with the Russian military, so they're technically on our side. Don't trust it. Where's the controls? If it's urgent that we get where we're going, I can get us wherever. Well, I can get five others anywhere if we need it really urgently. Are, are you doing that crazy move people shit? Because I don't take well to it. Unless you can rewind yourself after you do so, it is best for me to take another alternate route. I don't, I don't do well with that one. If we need a forward group to go, we can also cheat a little and go faster. So, it would have helped to have an advanced crew and a secondary crew? I'm ignoring everybody and going to the nearest thing that looks like control panel for the train. Oh, it's in that room over there. Cool. Jesse, you make your way to near the back of the platform. There is a room here that looks very much like a typical subway station control center. You've got all the consoles, all the lights and whistles that you can feasibly use to crack into a train and schedule it. And it looks like the work has actually already been done for you. It is in ready mode, and you can pretty much pull up another train to be here in a few minutes. Okay. I put in the coordinates to that town and then yell out to the outside, Hey, uh, train's on its way in T-5. How long will it take to arrive, like, for us to get to the location? With the train. Faster than your brain can process, don't think about it. Trust me. We'll be there before we get there. I don't know how else to say it. 
Lucy, you distinctly remember that this team, these people that came here, they came from Japan. Oh, right. You know, fuck it. Fuck it. Trains are good. Trains are nice. No need for Hell Vortex today. Kristoff, he kind of tugs on your leg, Garrett, and he says, If Russian military is coming, uh, leave me here. They will take care of me. In what way do you mean that? He's not Orpheus. He's Russian. He's Russian military. Oh, he's fine. Okay. Uh, Kristoff is this kind of middle to old-ish, probably late 40s, very military-looking guy. Obviously missing both of his legs. He is in tactical armor, and he looks at you and he says, I'm with FSB, Russian Special Forces. Wait, didn't you guys have another one of those panaceas? Because um, he might need one for, you know, the blood loss. Yeah, Toby, you still have your panacea with you. At that point, Toby would give it, uh, give it over readily. You give the little glass vial over to Kristoff, help him sit up as he pulls the cork and drinks from it. And you can immediately see the flow of blood from the stumps that were his legs start to slow down to a trickle as he visibly recovers more energy. And he says, whatever that was in those little things, I'm grateful to that Frenchman for making them. But yes, do leave me here. We have contingencies in place for our operatives when they get injured. I will be fine. Let's just go ahead and just pack those with gauze real quick, just in case. Yeah, you do that, Garrett. By the time you're finished patching up Kristoff to the best of your ability, Garrett, another train pulls into the station. It is two cars, same kind of train you saw before, albeit this one has no damage on the outside or the inside. Very sterile, very clean. Well, fair warning, you're gonna get stabbed. Why? The train does things. I don't have a real reason, but I did not feel any pain of our travels, so I'm guessing it has something to do with that. It's for your own good. It needs to sedate all of us during the ride. Well, we can try. You're gonna want it to work. So the six of you slowly bundle yourselves into the train. You make sure that at least Adrian is strapped in next to Chihiro so that the healing process can continue. And the six of you take your seats and... The train doors hiss closed. As the train leaves the station, Chihiro and Jesse, you feel that familiar tiny little needle prick on the back of your neck. Garrett, Lucy, and Toby, as you are strapped into your seats and the train leaves the station, you're immobile for a small amount of time and then you feel a needle stick itself into the back of your neck. As the group of you fall unconscious, you don't know how much time passes, but... When you wake up, you find the train has reached an appreciable speed. Not too fast, but not exactly very slow either. The lights of the tunnel around you are just whizzing by real frantically as the train is powering forth through the ground. And the onboard computer says that you are about maybe five minutes out from Empire, Nevada. It's at this point that the train begins to slow. And a few minutes later, you arrive in an unlit train station. There appears to be light coming from somewhere, but you're not sure where. However, this train station is a spitting image of the one you just left in Russia. 
and enough time has passed that Adrian, your wounds are now healed, and you can wake back up. Uh, I I take a, like a take on like a little bit of that trauma every time I. So I've got as as I wake up from uh, healing that those particular sanity wounds, I uh, I have some war flashbacks to war that I never fought in. Oh yeah, Adrian, you feel swell. Well, swell would be generous, but better. Uh, I unbuckle myself and I get up away from the pokey chair. The train has come to a full stop. The doors hiss open. When did we get on the train? Well. Are we heading off to our next bit of insanity? Don't touch the stick, it's angry. <laughs> uh, we broke it. Don't worry. Okay. Where are we? Where are we? Uh, back in the States. Oh, yeah, you missed a pretty, um, uh, just uh, a minor, you, you missed a text. You might want to go check that back. Uh, it's just a little sort of very minor um, thing called Pantheon <laughs> Down. When you hear the words Pantheon down, Adrian, it reminds you that the Orpheus organization taught you that when those words are spoken through open comms, it means that Orpheus is no more. Orpheus has collapsed. What happened? We have no idea. Literally, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like... It, it, yeah, it's been like literally just hours since we last talked to them. It's it's been like twenty minutes. I didn't tell you guys before, but I kept track of like the time dilation on that train. Only like fifteen minutes passed between Japan and that. Yeah, well it's been like half an hour. What happened? It got wild, apparently. Fuck. Well then. It's it seems it does seem strange to me to think it's hard for me to imagine that Orpheus would completely shut down by an event that wasn't also partially or fully apocalyptic in nature. I guess we'll see when we get out of the station. Speaking of, do we know if the station's occupied? We don't know shit yet. It sure as hell is occupied, son. As you hear this, a man in a cowboy hat and jangly boots steps out from the darkness of one of the hallways. You're the only ten I see. Chihiro says before he could get the words out. I think you're referring to the wrong person. My name is Sheriff Samuel Williams. Welcome to Empire. This has been Applied Materials, an Orpheus Protocol actual play podcast. A warm thanks to our players tonight. Aurora for playing Adrian. Chanel for playing Jesse. Darby for playing Lucy. Jonah for playing Chihiro. Rich for playing Toby. Six for playing Garrett. Be sure to follow the show at Applied Mats on Twitter, and we will return in the next episode. Good night. A new temporary assignment sends the three magi through the boundary between worlds and into a strange new realm. Next time on Crossroads Part 1.